Well, we are back, and I am with my friend Jason Holt. Um, he is the director of South America, Latin America, uh, with Vision Baptist Missions. Grateful to have you here today, Jason. Thank you. And uh, I want to make this time, if we can, um, more about, we've spoken about different subjects throughout um, several several times, and uh, let's specifically talk about leader training. And uh, uh, for our friends, the majority that will be listening to this, other missionaries, that would be uh, friends, team team missionaries that are out there serving the Lord. And so let's say, let's go from the very beginning. How do you identify, you know, so you're getting there, you've, let's go to the top of the funnel and you've got a, a mass of people, maybe you're doing English classes or maybe you're having an activity. You want to, your goal is, the end goal is to train men to take churches and uh, prepare it for when you leave, whenever that happens. Um, so how do you identify from the very beginning? Like, is that guy, could he be a leader? Or how do we identify who we can invest our time in so that we're not just, you know, running in circles or investing our time in the wrong people? There's several things that come to mind as we think about a church planning situation. You have a group of people that are coming and you are working to disciple those new believers. And I don't know who came up with the acronym FAT. Yeah. You're probably like familiar that. with it, but someone that is faithful, that is available, and that is teachable. And that's really an easy way mm -hmm. to, to think about who should I be investing time in? Mm -hmm. Who's showing themselves faithful? You know, the Bible teaches us he that is faithful in the small things should be right. or could be entrusted with, with greater opportunities. But if you haven't been faithful in the little things, then why should you be entrusted with greater opportunities of faithfulness or ministry? And when we think about eventually as a missionary, our ultimate goal is to train a pastor and leave a pastor there at the church mm -hmm. plant, a local pastor. Well, you don't go from new convert to pastor right. in one step. There's right. probably a hundred steps. And sure. as you give them opportunities to be faithful in small things, um, we have church several times a week. We're studying the Bible. Each service is a different message. In a, a Catholic culture like I'm used to working in, most people think, okay, there's a church and they have mass, thinking of the Catholic church, and there's a lot of opportunities for mass, multiple times on Sundays, a couple of times each day during the week. And if you're a really faithful Catholic, you just pick a time to go. Once a week, you're really faithful. And they're all the same, so you just decide when you want to go. Mm -hmm. People, they accept Christ and begin to grow in a local church, a biblical context. And it's a novelty for them to think of going to church more than once a week. Right. But we're studying different things. So we'll be in the book of Matthew in the morning, let's say, and then in Philippians at night. And then during the week, we're going to meet, we're going to study different themes in the Bible, uh, important doctrines or Bible stories or principles for the family or whatever it might be. And you're encouraging people to come. Well, as people show faithfulness in that, as they show faithfulness in applying the things that they're learning, as you um, present to them a plan, let's get together each week, study the Bible. We're going to go through discipleship. And as they're faithful to that, then every time they show faithfulness, you're thinking, all right, this person could be the kind of person that is is on track to be trained for ministry. But not only faithfulness, availability. A lot of people could be, they could have all the right words and have the right heart intent, but they have so much going on in life that they're really never available. Sure. And they really want to learn and they really want to get involved, but they just don't make themselves available or they don't 
restructure their lives to so that their time, their priorities, their schedule reflects that commitment that they have. But some do. And if someone starts making themselves available, this Saturday, we're going to have outreach. We're going to go out and knock on some doors. And that person says, I'm available. Mm-hmm. We need somebody to help with uh, upcoming activity. Christmas is around the corner. We'll have a big outreach at the church. We're going to have a special service, uh, prepare some food. I'm available to help. What can I do as you ask for volunteers? And But then the last thing on, on that simple acronym, someone that's teachable. You know, some people... They they think they know everything and they push back, they resist, they give you the counter side. And here's what the Bible says. Well, you know, in my setting, uh, some people just resist learning, but others are are very open. They have an open heart to the Lord, an open mind, and they're willing to say, I want to know what the Bible says. I want to know what I should do in this circumstance. I, I'm seeking advice. I want to be biblical. I'm, I'm putting into practice the things that I'm learning. And as you see someone that is that is coming together on those three areas, they're showing a lot of promise yeah. um, to, to be someone trained for ministry. You know, you have another side, especially as you think about the pastorate. There is a, a ability to um, lead the flock, to teach, to stand in front of others. Uh, to to read a text, understand the text, and and explain the text. But many of those areas, someone can be trained, and and um, God can do the work in their their lives. There might be a very small percentage of people that their academic level, their ability, uh, they, they just don't have that cognitive level to to do that. But we know we've worked with a lot of people through the years that um, if the Lord is putting that desire in their heart. Well, God's going to allow them to develop and grow um, to both will and to do what he is leading them to do. So someone that's faithful, um, available, teachable, someone that is showing um, this basic abilities of, of leadership, that they can encourage others, teach others, help others to follow Jesus as well. You know, those are all, all good signs that we're going in the right direction. And I think the last thing that I would think of is someone that, when you think about it, someone that could be a future pastor, someone that is learning sound doctrine and they're, they're applying themselves to study because you definitely don't want to entrust someone leadership in a classroom setting and a preaching setting that don't have a firm grasp on, on Bible doctrine. And I say a firm grasp. That could be basic discipleship. You're giving them introduction to important truths. And then as they continue on in different things in the church, Bible Institute later on down the road. But think about 100 steps. And during your first six months on the mission field, you know, you're looking at those first five or 10. Who are the people that are going to be faithful in the little things, available, that they're teachable, um, they're showing ability and, and giftedness in some of these basic areas, and then see what their faithfulness is and what God puts in their heart as they Amen. grow in Christ. You know, the beautiful thing, one of the beautiful things, in my opinion, Jason, about that is that a lot of this on on finding or, you know, uh, looking for those leaders, is it's more of a natural, organic thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, I think this guy can do it. Whoever, you know, if out of 10 guys, only three are faithful, well, you kind of, they narrowed themselves down for you. You know, that made it easier. And then out of those guys... You know, two of them are coming to visitation to help you out and there before church to help straighten up the chairs. 
I mean, they've narrowed it down. And then out of those two guys, one guy is totally, yeah, that sounds good. And the other guy, no, no, I've already heard that, you know. Um, it's it's pretty easy. Now, one of the the best, in my opinion, one of the easiest or best biblical patterns would be Joshua and Moses. And uh, when Joshua leaves at the end of Deuteronomy, um, the Bible says, records that he brings Joshua up, he puts his hands upon him, he recognizes him in front of all the people. But that did not happen without Joshua. Joshua was already the servant of Moses, so he was spending time with him. And when Moses came, you know, went up the mount for 40 days, 40 nights, Moses came back down, Joshua stayed in the house of God. I mean, there was something there. And then now he was one of the 12 spies that were sent out. And uh, so he was entrusted. Now he was in charge of the uh, the the entire army for Amalek. In other words, the, this guy was already tried and proven. And like you said, the, the faithful, available, teachable, um, those guys, I'm sure there was a lot of guys around uh, Moses. But it kind of narrowed down. And so I think that's great for everybody who's watching, for listening and praying. You know, you might even be, uh, maybe you're not in missions yet. And you're saying, well, I'm just trying to disciple people. Well, I mean, if you're talking to the same guy over and over and over and he never comes to church, maybe it's time to move on to somebody else. Right. I mean, this is not uh, rocket science. It's just right in front of you. So, okay, let's, Jason, let's go a little bit deeper now if we can. So uh, now you found... Um, God's given you, you're within your first year, your first term, whatever. And, uh, you're praying, God, who are going to be the leaders in the ministry, maybe to take over the ministry. And you've got, let's say five, six, seven guys, and they're all faithful, available and teachable. Now, what are some next steps, maybe some discipleship or next things that you're going to do personally with them that your investment, maybe you can even tell us out of all the church time you have, cause you're visiting people. How do you divide and spend, are you supposed to spend more time with them than the church or equal that out? Uh, what are you supposed to do and where are you supposed to spend the most time and what are you supposed to do with that time? I'll tell you a little bit about some of the things that happened to us in Chile in our first term. We started our first church, Faith Baptist Church, and I really got into the the groove or maybe the rut of, <laughs> of pastoring the church. And I would start my week every week looking at, okay, who are, were our first time visitors this week? We have to plan our follow up. Who are those that weren't at church this week? I need to get in touch with them. Uh, who are the families that, that need help this week with some kind of counseling or follow up? Who are those that are in discipleship? Uh, what are the next activities that are coming and planning that needs to go into that and looking at the budget, looking at the people and looking at the classes and making sure everybody's got what they need pastoring a church. Mm -hmm. But the goal of a missionary, while you start out pastoring, our goal is to replace ourselves quickly mm -hmm. as we train others, we delegate those responsibilities, we take a step back, we let them get involved as they're showing themselves faithful, then we teach them, you know, that whole process of, of, of discipleship and getting others involved. But in our particular um, scenario, I kind of two or three years into that church plan, realized I really need to be changing my focus and the energy that I'm putting into pastoring this congregation, a large portion of this needs to be put into training men for the ministry. At the time, we didn't have any men that openly said that God was leading them to be a pastor. But the truth is the, the preaching emphasis that I was giving from the pulpit in classes, in, in different volunteers meetings, 
the emphasis was really a pastoral emphasis where I was encouraging people. You know, the ultimate was be faithful to church, be faithful in reading your Bible, be faithful in sharing the gospel, be faithful in discipleship. Um, but I began to pray more specifically and preach and teach more specifically about we we need to think about giving our lives to serve the Lord in ministry. A biblical church is a church that's fulfilling the Great Commission and just started going through the book of Acts, um, different examples from even Jesus's ministry. And I started a Bible institute. It was a church level institute where I invited anyone that was Sunday school level of faithfulness involvement up to get involved in this um, church institute. And the first class that I taught was a introduction to missions class. Basically, it was we need to reach the world with the gospel. This is what we're commanded to do. Um, it should be a natural process. As you see in Acts 13, there's five that are preaching and teaching at the church. And the Holy Spirit says two we're going to set aside. And the church sends out those two, Paul and Barnabas, and they go into all the work um, of starting churches. So just went through this and spent several months with this group um, diving into the Bible and inviting them that this is the natural biblical model. This is what should be happening in our context as well. And we trust by faith that the Holy Spirit is already working in the hearts of some of you all about this. I was praying by faith and my faith sometimes was a bit weak where I'm thinking, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. <laughs> I might be the pastor of this one church forever. And within about a six month period, three men on different occasions came to me privately and said, I've, I've been helping in the church. I've been teaching in a Sunday school class and I just love being a part of ministry. And as we're going through discussing these things in, in acts and the biblical model, there's nothing I would like to do more than being a part of this. And then we shifted gears into probably 80% of my time was in teaching and preparing them. And very little was on the pastoral side. I think that if I would have um, grown into that understanding and practice earlier, maybe uh, in my second year there on the mission field, those transitions would have begun to happen, but it was more like in the third year. But I think that we have to be intentional about it. And I think that it's helpful if you're listening and you're two years into your church plant there on the mission field, it's helpful to go back through and think through these things because we all go to the field saying, Lord willing, by God's grace, I want to be a multiple church planning missionary, training pastors. I might go in there to pastor a church, but you get 15, 18 months into the work and it's very easy to go down that path of being sure. a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, we're coming towards the end. I would like to get maybe some uh, practical steps. Now you said that 80% that you're spending with those guys. What are you doing with that time that you're spending with with those five, seven guys? What are some of the, the practical things day in and day out that you're doing with those guys? In our cultural setting, uh, institutes, colleges are very common. And that's the the typical way that, that when people think about being trained for anything, um, setting up a schedule, having classes, you know, we're going to meet every whatever, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning from 8 a.m. till one o'clock. And we're going to go through these. Here's books to read um, notes. So we're going to have classes that really is is a culturally appropriate. And I say culturally appropriate. If you're working in a village setting, there might be very different dynamic, but you need to be with the with the guys and you need to be studying the Bible 
and helping them to think biblically, to understand the Bible so they can apply the Bible. And not only are you doing that more, what I'll call the academic side, which is important, but then in the afternoon and evenings and on the weekend, you're, you're working along their side in ministry. So I want to see those young guys discipling others. I want to see them meeting with, with families, with couples, with other men, opening up God's word and helping others to grow in Christ. And then I want to meet with them uh, as they're going through this. Hey, how did it go with you last week? I know you met with this family and they've got a lot of uh, difficulties from sin and the scars of sin in their life. How are you helping them? Let's discuss it. What questions do you have? And so it's a practical um, ministry preparation where they're being trained, they're getting practical experience. By the time they get to what we would consider a senior in their 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 college Bible college training, more than likely they're going to be serving basically as an assistant pastor, preaching, teaching, discipling, counseling, Good. leading children's ministry, music, youth <clears throat> camps along your side, and little by little they're climbing up that that uh, experience and responsibility ladder while they're getting some of that practical training in a more structured environment. So as you, as they're going along, you are seeing correcting and uh, helping them mature in that way so that they know how to evangelize or disciple or visit the hospital or preach or whatever. And I think that um, because sometimes that could be a mystical thing for maybe many of our friends, like, all right, I'm supposed to spend time, but what do I do with them? And then we start making up things, you know, maybe they could just come over and hang out at my house for a while. And, you know, the, the time that we spend with them has to be intentional time. Definitely. And uh, so that taking them around. Well, Jason, let's go ahead and close this segment for now. Um, I do appreciate your time. And uh, I hope that that our friends that are listening would realize um, or that they will realize this is not something difficult. This is something that could be naturally produced going forward so that we can see more labors um, in our churches and going out of our churches to start more churches. So um, any last words, Jason, on uh, towards our friends that are looking for these leaders and praying? Pray, ask God, call laborers to the field, teach the Bible. The word of God is what's going to transform them. You can try to push force and and use your words to compel them to to surrender but we we this needs to be a holy spirit guided process and the word of god penetrating their heart and and that's what's going to produce change that will last and so trust the lord pray but preach and teach the bible mm-hmm. and spend time mentoring and encouraging and challenging them if you haven't sat down with someone and said hey have you ever thought about giving your life to be a pastor to maybe being a church planner, to being right. a missionary. I think once someone's showing a lot of faithfulness, availability, teachability, and, and they're, they've got voices in their family and their school and society that's encouraging them to be a soccer star, to be a doctor, a lawyer, to have your own business, to follow the family business. And I think that every young person that is mature, that's growing, ought to consider and you might be the one that brings that up for the first time and they're thinking about it for the very first time and conversations could start. And so pray, get involved with them, teach them the Bible and let the Lord do the work. And you you be that mentor to help them along as they think through it. Amen. Jason, I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you for your time. And thank you, dear friends, for listening. Thanks for the opportunity.